Hey, I'm Toby. And I'm Larry. Welcome to How Does That Sound? some friends over for Thanksgiving in Canada. It's Thanksgiving weekend. It's a good time to have friends, family come together, celebrate, and also just to take a a moment and kind of like like be thankful, I guess. That's the whole point of the weekend. Yeah, but if I, can I have my cooking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You tried a new recipe today. Yeah. Which was really nice. I think everyone liked it. It was great. When you mentioned the food, I was like, a little bit skeptical. I was like, are you sure we have guests around and you want to use guests to like test this new recipe? So, but it worked out. I think when you have it, you have it. But yeah. You definitely have it. (laughs) But thank you. Um, Yeah, we we had had a good time. And like I said, it was just in also like, just just a reminder to be grateful. There's a lot to be thankful for actually. So yeah. Yeah, there's lots to be thankful for, for sure. Well, 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 maybe we should start by talking about what we're thankful for in the spirit of Thanksgiving. You start um, this time. I should start? Yeah, you start. What are you thankful for? Yeah, three things you are thankful for. Three things I'm thankful for. Mm. Uh, okay, one, I'm thankful for life. Okay. My own life. <laughs> because... <laughs> If I wasn't alive, I can't be thankful for any other person's life. So let's start there. It's my own life. Oh my God. I'm grateful okay. for like being alive this day in 2022. You can't take life for granted, especially all the things that are surrounding me. It's like, I'm grateful to still be alive. And of course, I'm grateful for you, grateful for our daughter, grateful for our family, our friends, um, the relationship that we have, that we build and that we're building. The relationship that we have right now, I feel like you can really tell why these people are in your life and our lives, and you can tell what impact they have and how, yeah. you know. It's never felt so meaningful. And uh, you said, how many? You said more than three at this point. And I said my life mm-hmm. and then the rest of his life. Okay, now so now number three. I'm grateful for the lessons I've learned over the years that have brought me this far. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't think I'm anywhere. I still have a lot to do, but I'm grateful for all the lessons I've learned over the years. Because, um, mm-hmm. yeah, looking back at certain things, I'm like, I'm grateful I went through that and I learned this and now I'm, I can do this better. Um, so I'm grateful for lessons because I feel like experiences, experience is the best teacher, right? So. And experiences that taught us some lessons, and I'm grateful for those lessons because you can see the impact of those experiences today. So I'm grateful for lessons learned over the years. So what are you grateful for? <laughs> Three things you're grateful for. I am grateful for. I'm grateful for where I am. There's just so much that has happened and keeps happening. So much growth, 
every year or every season keeps getting better. And I'm very, very grateful for that. I couldn't be happier. And then I'm grateful for motherhood, womanhood, all of the above. But to think that this time last year, I went through the process of giving birth and I'm like, yeah, that, 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 yeah that's a whole other podcast on its own. But <laughs> this I, time last year, we, I was we counting out. <laughs> we were going to give birth in four days' time. Yeah, three days. Yeah, but the baby came two weeks later. Yeah, but like just you know, you hear people say, Oh, giving birth, all of that. You know, we talk about some of these things and like. In the future, when I become a mom, when I become a dad, but then when the future, the reality of all of those things start happening, you're like, wait, <laughs> what's happening, right? Some women have lost their lives in the process of giving birth. Some women have experienced complications. Not like I'm not trying to compare, but like there's so many things that go on. It's just giving birth. It's not the easiest thing. So I'm really grateful for that. And even the idea of parenting. It's it's crazy, but yeah, it comes with a lot of things. But I'm really grateful for the opportunity, and then I'm grateful for anything. Just to add what you're saying, like grateful for everyone around us, grateful for the opportunities we have, and grateful for where we are as a family, and then with the people of our family, extended family, friends. Just grateful for this new space and everything around us here in Vancouver. I'm just really grateful to God for that. Thanksgiving is like, it's always, I always feel like it's just a look back. It's always an opportunity to look back. I'm like, oh yeah, this happened to me. Oh, I'm so, I'm so glad I'm grateful that I was able to get through that. When I first came here, it was survival. It just, oh, everyone eats turkey. It was food. I didn't really put so much. Yeah, I mean that. I mean that's that's true. Like it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's about the gatherings too, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's about like the gatherings, the sharings, uh, the harvest, which is like things that we've been able to successfully do over time, right? So the food is important. I can't deny that. It is. <laughs> but if we're going to talk about like if we're going to talk about looking back, like looking back on things, mm-hmm. I wonder if maybe today we should discuss. One big lesson that we've learned during the course of our short careers, you as a fashion stylist, myself as a professional writer, was like one big lesson that you've learned. I feel like that's something that would be cool to like dissect. So it's new, I do new reverse, right? Where you talk first. Oh, I go first? Yeah, because you chose the question on me and then I'll answer me. And that was what was happening? Shut up. I didn't listen to the episodes. I listen to them, yeah. I think. Oh, um, that's what happens, right? The journalist in you. I like that question, so yeah. that's, that's very possible. So you ask the question, so now you answer it. <laughs> okay, what was the question I asked you? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, what's the biggest lesson <laughs> that yeah. you've learned in, in our short Like, so we last, like, if you listen to our podcast, especially last week, we spoke about where we've come from, right? So now we've stepped into like our professions and so in this short period of time what's the biggest lesson what's like the first thing that you realized that oh, I, didn't, I didn't know this i'm gonna yeah, yeah. before i answer that question i just wanted to say that next episode 
we are going to have a guest on and they are going to be talking about your career. They've had an interesting career. And we'll be asking them some questions about their journey so far. That's something that we hope to do over in a few episodes over the next few weeks. So don't miss next episode. It's going to be really good. Okay. Okay. So, so, so I've got a question. Biggest lesson I've learned as a professional writer. Being open to other forms of writing and other styles of writing and other mediums of writing. So maybe just the background of what I'm saying. Like I, I, I started in newsrooms writing stories for um, a newspaper. That's where I started at um, professionally. Before doing that, I was just writing my little stories on the side, doing some blogging on the side. But professional writing with the process in place and editors in place was in the newsroom. And I think for a while, you know, the more I did that, obviously my writing style gravitated towards that format, that journalism style of writing. So writing as a journalist was a little bit of a different thing than what I was used to. But it honestly helped me. Because in fictions, I'm telling imaginative stories. I'm imagining things and I'm putting down paper. These are not real things. These are things that I just come up with. But with journalism, I'm actually going out, speaking to people, hearing their stories, transcribing their stories, putting it in a comprehensive way into like a an article that, that goes out in the paper and all of that. And so it really helped me understand storytelling better. Like it, it really helped me understand how to convey people's voices in my articles, convey people's ideas and articles, and my editors help me to like, learn how to structure that writing. But even after journalism, I also started working as a ghostwriter. Um, I worked with a publisher, and I was able to do some editorial work and ghostwriting work. And that exposed me to other authors or potential authors, authors-to-be. And I had to like, document their stories. Like get their words, get their ideas, write it in a way that it will sound exactly like they were the ones who wrote it. So that was another dimension of storytelling. But it really helped me to learn how to adapt to different voices again and then write it in a way that it really expands and elevates the idea that I'm trying to convey. Ghostwriting, yeah. it's really tough because you spend months working with this one person. You spend months getting to know them. You spend months getting to know the message and the ideas that they have spend one trying to put it together on paper. But the most difficult part is really trying to understand their voice. And it takes months to do that. It takes months to really capture someone else's voice. Uh, my process for ghostwriting is really is to just listen. Listen attentively to the nuances and what they say and observe the way that they think. But I have to come up with questions when I'm ghostwriting. I come up with questions and I ask them questions and I have those interactions. When I do that, like the more I do that, the more they answer questions, I begin to see certain patterns in the way they think. So you begin to really get a sense of their personality, their voice. But it takes months to do that, and it's a very, very tedious thing to do. Um, so yeah, so ghostwriting and that style of writing that definitely helped me. Even as a marketer, working with companies, corporations, adapting the voices of brands and communicating that to an audience... And the way that really attracts them and the way that actually engages them or working with businesses and, you know, trying to communicate their value proposition. That's another kind of writing. There's a bit more corporate style writing. It's a bit more formal. Um, but some of it is creative too. But that takes on a def- different um, level of writing because it's a bit like, structured writing like there's a bit of a proper process to that kind of writing 
And sometimes as a creative writer, someone who tells stories, writes fiction or non-fiction for that matter, sometimes you need that structured writing style to really help you to not go up the rails when you're doing creative writing. So writing as a marketer has actually helped me a lot to structure my writing as a creative writer. Um, uh, I think those are the three major writing styles I can talk about. Like, so being a journalist, working with working like a ghostwriter, working as like a marketer, those three writing styles have really influenced the writers' stories. And I honestly, I, I think that having, last time I wrote something, like something that I published, like a novella, a book, was almost four years ago now. I honestly like I have worked on one or two drafts since then on manuscripts since then and I'm currently working on one. The reason I have not worked on the page I'm like this is done, this is well done, I want to read something. I think it's because I am experiences change and growth in the way I want to write. And I feel like there's a bit of me that processing those changes and almost to the point that Whatever I write next, I can tell that they'll be so different from whatever I've written before because yeah. I feel like I've learned a lot and I'm still learning, right? So, yeah, so that's probably the biggest lesson. Explore other writing styles. Even if you're, if you're a non-fiction writer, try writing fiction. If you're a fiction writer, try writing non-fiction, even if just for fun. If you, if you write short stories, try to write a long-form long piece. If you write poetry, try, try, try prose. If you write prose, write poetry. If you if you if you if you if you're a marketing writer, try writing try doing some creative writing. So you think that um all of this style of writing would play a big role generally to just me to be a better writer. That's yeah, yeah, I think I think you need you need so at the end of the day you can split all the writing styles into maybe creative and structured writing. Like if you want to do that. Creative writing, storytellers. Journalism is a little bit of creative writing. Ghost writing can put in there too, like um, structured writing, a bit more like corporate writing. Um, and some other forms of writing come from under that too. Um, you need both. You need to add some creativity to your structured writing at a certain moment. You need to add some structure to your creative writing at a certain moment. And so you, you definitely need to find a way to work within those two brackets so and blend different? that into your work. Is it different from storytelling? So I'm, I'm saying storytelling within the context of like um, um, fiction writing, like okay. writing a novel, writing a novella, or even a non-fiction is a story. You can write a memoir, that's a story. You can write about an issue, technically telling the story of, an, of a community. I'm using storytelling within the context of fiction and non-fiction writing. For structured writing, which is more like working for corporations and businesses and stuff like that. Um, it's a bit structured because there is a formula to it. There are things you have to consider. Yeah. Uh, whether it's SEO you're considering, uh, whether it's the editorial guidelines you have to follow, uh, whether it's the writing according to a brand style, just uh, setting guidelines you have to follow for that. So it's a bit of a structured writing, but you do need some creativity to really excel there. And as a creative writer, you need some structure. You probably need some guidelines, which most people probably don't have when they start writing creative writing, right? So you probably need some guidelines, you need some structure, you probably need a style guide at some point, so that 
and you can you can go in your writing. So that 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 that's probably what I think is the biggest lesson. I have one more question. So yeah. this creativity is it kind of like um not losing your writing voice or creativity in just the way when you write it captivates people and keeps them reading. Because I'm like, okay, if you're in a structured environment, right, you still don't want to lose your self and just be so to the T, like everything is dotted, eyes, well, T's crossed, like you still want you to have your own thing element in it. Yeah, I think I think creativity you know in this context is is a different maker essentially. It is the new thing that you're bringing in that doesn't that makes this piece of writing unique. Um, it's a new idea, it's a new concept, it's a new approach, it's a new style, it's a new angle. That's our defined creativity in this context. And so for someone doing structured writing, working for a brand, a business, a corporation, you always need to like think about new angles to communicate to an audience. So that requires creativity, although the way you end up writing it would be in a structured format. But the angle and the approach might be different from what those people have been used to. So creativity in that sense is like what that difference maker, what makes this piece of writing unique. Um, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So let's just turn over to you. What's the biggest lesson you learned since you started your career as a fashion stylist? I would say defining what I'm doing. Okay. Um, and defining, all, I know they say niche, but yeah, I think the niche is fashion style, right? Yeah. And I would say defining what I'm doing, I would say defining that niche. And why I said defining that niche is, even though, yes, it's fashion styling, um, in the context of when you're talking about a niche, it's like, okay, but a niche is fashion. But even in fashion, I think it's an important thing to define that I'm a stylist. Yeah. Because, um, we have people that are doing fashion designing. You know, we have people that are into like um, fashion director, but like creative directing in the fashion industry. We have people that now we have influencers, right? Yeah. We have people that are content creators and then they like fashion. They add that to like their niche. They do fashion, they do lifestyle, they do travel. So they mix up all of these things and brands will reach out to them because they obviously want to promote stuff. So you see a blogger doing something and everything just gets mixed up. So I've learned to define what I'm doing. And so if I'm, if I, I have a service, right, I'm trying to provide um, a few services to people, then I have to come out as a stylist in the sense that I have to like I have to come out and position myself in a way that people would trust my judgment yeah. and trust what I'm teaching them or what I'm educating them on and be willing to come back and actually use my services. So I have to convince people, like take them down a whole marketing chain of okay, I know what this person talks about, I trust her, so now I can actually get her on board 
and use her service. Yeah. And yeah, so I had to learn that very fast because you know, when I first started, um, it's you know that pressure of oh I'm starting. You want to take pictures. You want to do videos. Oh, I want to you know I'm just buying clothes. I want to shop. I need to be able to show this to my um great content. I buy these clothes, I plan this outfit, I do this, I do that. But then in the long run, if I had continued doing that, I would, I would have just come up as a regular fashion influencer to everybody. And there's nothing wrong with like influencers that we take on the record. Nobody would actually see me as someone that has a service or be willing to use my service because all I'm showing them is I bought these clothes, I styled it this way. And that's the end. What else am I showing people? What am I teaching them? So that's something that I've had to learn very fast. So it's hard because, you know, there's so many, like, people out there, especially social media world, let's say Instagram, TikTok, you know, there's so many content creators, there's so many influencers. So you're, like, trying to navigate how to, like, come up with the right content that would actually teach people stuff yeah. and actually make them see the need and help them to understand. And so when you're doing that and you're in a starting phase, it might seem like your process is slow. Are people even engaging in what I'm doing? People even like it. Yeah. No, people don't even understand. So yeah, it might feel a bit hard, but I think that in the long run, like when I think of where, where I'm going to and what I'm trying to do in the long run, then it's the best thing that I have to do right now for myself. So yeah. um, that's, um, I learned that pretty fast because to be honest, at the beginning when I started, I think I was just doing any and anything just to put myself here. Because I'm like, first of all, I didn't really use social media that much. And I wanted to start getting myself in that space. So I would just do any and anything to try and create content. But as I started growing, I had to start defining it. Even though I would even mix boundaries I start doing things that I don't need to do and it becomes a problem, right? So I'm sending so many messages. Yeah, mixed messaging. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember one of the things that we had we discussed we discussed the difference between social media influencers and especially fashion bloggers online on social media and what you wanted to do, which is a business as a fashion stylist. Because I know there are several people, and you probably all follow them. Like if you're listening, you probably follow at least one that you know they share their videos, their pictures of outfits that they wear, um, that they like those outfits, and uh, they, that you know showing the way they put it together, and yeah, and they probably work with brands, some of which give them those clothes to wear, stuff like that. And it's easy to see an influencer like that and consider them a fashion stylist because of the way they probably put the look together, the outfit they're wearing. And to be fair, there are a lot of them that probably have great ideas when it comes to like putting together, putting the look together and recommending that. But we had a conversation that that isn't necessarily fashion styling or that isn't necessarily fashion style is the way you've come to know it. So what's that difference between a fashion blogger, a fashion influencer, and a fashion stylist? 
the fashion style, okay, fashion blogger, or oh, let me start with fashion stylist. Fashion stylist, right? You have to you have to understand a variety of um body types, like women or men, we all have different body types. Yeah. We have to be able to understand a variety of body types, you know, different outfits, what would look good on someone who is petite, what would look good on someone who is um on the bigger side. Yeah. yeah. So they are different. Everybody has everybody has different body types. Everybody has um certain things in their body features that you need to highlight. Yeah. You need to know and then okay, I think this will better you. You actually have to be a visual person mm-hmm. that if you talk about like sometimes um if you call someone let's say I'm let's say I'm working on a project right and I'm trying to style someone just seeing the person's picture or seeing oh I know this person I'm able to pick what I actually want to highlight yeah. in that person because I feel like that would make the person stand out. So as a fashion stylist you have to have those um um gifts or those skills. Yeah. And then also right you're also trying to teach people yeah what looks good on them, help people feel good, help people understand the shape, their body type, you know, what colours look good on them. So you're trying to also teach them, help them be comfortable with who they are and open their minds to possibilities of outfit ideas that they didn't even realize they could um use or they could get for themselves. Like if I shop for you, I want when I shop for you and I do those things with you, I want the testimony I want is that you would actually reach out to me, reach back to me and like, maybe I actually never knew I could use this. So now because of that this has influenced me now I'm looking for things in that range and even things bigger than that. So you also want to open the person's Mind yeah, it was possible. So you want to leave a mark with the person, right? And so that's what a stylist does. Now, an influencer, um, you know, most people, especially when influencer, you're not thinking of going into fashion. It's one thing to know how to style yourself. It's a whole different thing to not style somebody. I have to consciously tell myself. Sometimes I'm thinking about like an outfit for someone. It's not about what I would wear. It's about what that person is comfortable with. Um, I've styled someone that is modest to the T, like yeah. down to the T. She doesn't yeah. show cleavage. She doesn't wear shorts. She doesn't wear pants. She wants to wear dresses, long skirts. Like her arms need to be covered. That was tough because <laughs> yeah, it's not just my style. That's not my style. Like that's not my style in any way. I I wear shorts. I wear certain things. I'm not that um. I don't think I'm that modest to be seen, right? So imagine having to remove myself of that and then fit into this person's um preference, not make the person lose the person's self. Yeah. But at the same time, get the person to see, okay, I know that you're modest, this is your idea of modest, but I want you to also see the shape you have and how we can actually highlight it. So it took a lot of like talking and convincing yeah. to be able to meet somewhere, right? And open the person's mind. 
So I think that now to that was digest. So for, for bloggers, they know their self, they know what they like, you know, they like fashion, they like looking good, they know what they like, they might be able to translate things for their own body, for their self. Doesn't necessarily mean that they can do it for other people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if any like now this is not saying that everybody that is blogging does not want to be like some people start that way and transition, you know, find okay, I'm not transitioning to this. The people who start blogging and realize they want to actually go into fashion designing yeah. and start creating clothes with other designers. So we're just saying that most people that blog might not necessarily be able to style someone. Yeah. So that's the clear difference. So yeah. so on the on the other on the other side of the screen, the person who is viewing and looking at, you know, pictures of a fashion blogger. The fashion blogger is well dressed, the outfit is great. We tend to like like that person right tends to look at those outfits and be like or those pictures and be like, I could see myself wearing that. Like they tend to visualize themselves too when they look at these things. But in that process, where does the fashion style is coming? You know, if someone sees an outfit and like, I'll probably look good in that too. Is this fashion stylist's job to like help the person, guide the person to be like, hey, no, you wouldn't look good in that. Actually, this is what you will look good in. Or yes, you will look good in that, but only if you wear it in a certain way. I think um, I'm going to break your, your heart a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'll show you, see, but I've told someone this. Um... Not my heart. <laughs> I don't think my heart is broken by anything that's to do with fashion. I have black outfits in my wardrobe. But for the first time, before we move on, for the first time, you bought something purple. Was it green? Like, please give it, it was give for a reason. A there is, there's an occasion that's coming up that you know, necessitated that purchase. I should add it to my Thanksgiving list, guys. I've influenced And I don't know if I wait after that day, but. You will. We'll see. You will. But yeah, but yeah. yeah, I did buy another color of outfits. Yeah, but I would say that um I think let's let's get let's go down to the roots of this, right? Um everything that this um like you see people post is planned. Yeah. Um it's planned, you know, the person probably thought about okay. Fall is here, for example. Let me just take you through that process. And even me, so I, I do it. I'm going to post videos and I'll probably, okay, fall is coming, you know, how can I show people how to um, dress for the fall? Dress for the fall and, oh, you know, I have an outing. Um, Let me show what I want for my outing, you know, or the way for vacation, plan all of these things. So I'm part of that too, in some sense, because I'm creating content, right? Yeah. But everything that we're seeing out there is planned. You know, sometimes those shoppings are specifically done for the content that we want to create. All of us, we are in that, we fall under that category. Like, sometimes we buy something strictly for the content that we want to create. Um, and then we realize that some of those bloggers, after that, they honestly don't wear those things. You had this them come back and tell you, this is how I want this thing. Or I wear it again. Sometimes you do, right? It depends. But what I'll say about that is that when you see someone like a blogger, or don't just immediately 
purchase those things because you don't want the situation whereby you end up just buying things for one occasion. Oh, I saw this somewhere with a blogger. I'm going somewhere. Let me just buy. It. I think it will look nice. Sometimes you buy things for, oh, I have an outing and I saw somebody uh, wore it. So let me just buy it, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you can't do that. But when you're doing that every single time, you're not going to go anywhere with your building, like what you're trying to achieve, right? Number two, don't just shop. No, yeah, don't shop for one occasion because if you shop based on one occasion or I saw something, that blogger is my favorite blogger. They wore it, it looked nice on them. Yeah. It will look nice on me. To be honest, you will just, you might find yourself wearing it, but you will count because everybody's lifestyle is different, right? Where you're going to, why that person bought it. Even if the person wears it multiple times, that person knows where they're buying, right? And then based on their own purchasing influence. So I think the ground draw, when I'm the, um, the fashion designer, the story, fashion stylist helps it. My job would be to ask you, okay, yeah, that is a nice thing, but how many times you see yourself using that? You know, um, how many ways can you use it? How efficient is it going to be? But is it going to be worth your purchase? Is it something that when you buy it, you're actually going to use it? You're not just buying it because you saw someone use it. You get also don't shop for an event that you don't have. Only when that you don't have. Yeah, yeah. you sometimes like uh, you say, "Oh, let me just have this dress I keep." Oh, okay. I will just put, then, just in case this event comes up. Event, you know, yeah. sometimes I used to do it before. To be honest, I start thinking that I will buy it with me. I will not wear it. I will keep it until one glamorous big event. Yeah. And that event never happens. Yeah. <laughs> and that coat keeps sitting on there, and then you saw it. So you get so like it's like there's nowadays though i tell myself you know there's nothing like oh i have to wait for example events to dress up so i'm going out and honestly that's what i said wearing even if i look the best dress today that's how i feel that day and i'm going to wear i don't care and i feel good about myself that's what i'm beginning to do now i used to do that but then i realized that i would just have things in my wardrobe and i'm not wearing them you know and sometimes we like that whole Oh my god, my wardrobe is so full, so I have so many clothes. And then we feel like, oh, because of that, we like fashion, but that's not the case. That's not the case, right? So this is where I all like the stylist comes in to also help you guide your purchase, right? You're not just following everything that you see. And then sometimes that you might actually see some of these people where some bloggers wear some things, and you might just be like, oh, straight up. That is needed in my wardrobe because I know that I'm looking for something like this really. So it's balanced, but I think the first thing, uh, something I always encourage is know what you like, know what you want, you know, know your own stuff or your own self, and then let your purchases and everything that you're getting influenced, let it fit into that. Don't just follow without having direction. So yeah, have the direction and then you can now be influenced the right way. So is that where this fashion, the fashion style comes in? Yeah. Helping you, guiding you to understand what your style is, yeah. your personal style, helping you understand the kind of outfit you should be going for as opposed to the kind of event you should be buying outfit for or something like that. Yeah. And also, so I, so, so it sounds like fashion styling, the bit of it as it's just educational, really helping you learn. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so it's not only just like telling you what to buy or telling you where to buy certain things or telling you how to wear it. It's also telling you, helping you understand your own style, your own personal preference. Hoping you come to that to terms with them. Yeah, it will come with a lot of education because yeah. sometimes, to be honest, we have we have the wrong mindset. You know, like how how I used um when I have my closet is so full that I'm a fashionable person or I like fashion. You know, we like big closet. I can't repeat clothes. Some of these mindsets, you get by the time I start having a one on one session with you, I'm like, okay, you realize that it becomes like even more okay. A psychology thing, like okay, first yeah. of all, let's take this message out to now help you before we even come into the truth aspect. So it takes a lot of that conversation, and I, I think I think it's 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 good for us to, I mean, it's good for us to have that knowledge, right? Because let's be honest, sometimes social media, um, it's we are being spoon fed information that. We are being made to believe matters. Sometimes the information that we're being told doesn't actually matter or isn't necessarily relevant for us. Um, we see someone doing something on social media and the tendency for it to be like, I could be doing that too. I should be doing that too. I mean, sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's an encouragement that you need to actually take an action. But sometimes, you know, just because you see it online doesn't necessarily mean it's also for you. So just because it's an outfit online doesn't necessarily mean that you should wear that too, like because it's an outfit on a, on a blogger or something. So I think it's it's good to have that personal, like that knowledge of a personal style, right? Because the alternative is really just like a lazy option of just going with whatever you're being fed. See, it's just like how you know you see people wearing certain shoes. Not as people wear certain shoes and heels. <laughs> I just laugh. So this is not comfortable. I can imagine. I actually don't understand use right now. Like I think this is a topic from that day. I don't understand why women wear use. I'm not exactly sure if everyone just wants to be taller than they actually are. No. Or if everyone just feels like you know the elevation helps with the way they look like the way their body figure turns I out. It makes it, like, I, I, I don't really understand it, but I don't understand why people, women go choose torture. Just to look good, so I think that's the big way defend Yeah, but yeah, so sometimes models. That's why I actually like um Melissa wardrobe. Oh, that's Tom's um fashion stylist. Yeah, Tom's fashion stylist. I like her because she's actually honest. Like, she buys some of these expensive things, shoes, clothes, and all that. And sometimes when she wears them, she experiments. She tries. She just come on her social media and tell her followers that please don't waste your time. This shoe is painful. I mean <laughs> like she would tell she like I wish I didn't waste my money. Like I'm going to go and sell this shoe. I can't wear it. You know sometimes she'll be like it's 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 painful but because I I don't mind. I mean yeah. it because I like my fashion. I like to be on point yeah. on every like on every aspect. Yeah. So I'm willing to wear but she gives those honest reviews and I think that that's why a lot of people trust her judgment yeah and so yeah it's important to like to also see that like some of these things are not as comfortable as they look you know some of the things that people go through like all this fashion in the code with short it's not it's not as easy as it looks <laughs> yeah and so yeah so that's why it's it's important so if you know that like 
don't compromise yourself. That's something that I'm big on. I remember there was a time that we were going out for a tea party. Yeah, this was 2020. And it rained a lot in Vancouver, right? I know myself. And the air cooled fast. And we had like a theme of what we should wear. Like your friends. Yeah, my sorry, my, my friends and I yeah, we had a team of what we wanted to wear. And I checked, I anytime I'm going out, that's something I do. I don't joke with it. I check the weather. Especially in Vancouver, because Vancouver will tell you the weather forecast in Vancouver doesn't make any sense. There's no point of why we weather forecast in Vancouver because just forget the weather forecast. The only time the weather forecast matters is literally a minute before you go out. So we're checking the weather forecast a week before, two days before, a day before, the morning of. It's probably false. So the only time you need to check the weather forecast is a minute before you're going out, check the focus. That's the only time it's true. Otherwise, you're going to be in for a surprise. Yeah, sorry, yeah. continue. But people literally go with umbrellas, jackets, in Vancouver because of where you It's crazy. Wear jacket so that in case the sun decides to come out, you can remove the jacket. Or carry an umbrella in your car or wherever. We always have an umbrella in our car just because yeah. in case the sun decides to turn to rain, we have that. Even um, I mean, there's no real snow here or anything, but yeah. just have. You <laughs> never know. You can just especially in December. That's the only time you yeah. can probably see and snow. Yeah, so we have that kind of weather, right? And we were going out, and this 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 day actually the rain was. I don't think it was meant to rain, but then before we left, it started pouring like. It yeah, pouring non I remember. That. And you know, I had the option of oh, I would wear flats, I would wear this, and I can maybe change the car. Where I told myself, like, there's anything I don't like. There's now there's nothing. This is just me, right? I don't like that thing that I would go out, then I would now start finding somewhere to sit down and now change my shoe. I want how I go out is how I enter into that place. Yeah. Like I want to go and arrive and know that okay, this is how I came. Like I want to be prima and proper from my as I leave my house. Like that's my preference. I know it's not always feasible. Sometimes like you go out you're tired, you can change the flats, right? Yeah. So I know these things happen, but my preference is to just go out prepared. I came up with something that was very I tried to come up with something that was very pretty. I don't know if it's the best fashion that everybody would like or the preference everybody would go for. But I came up with something that I, I thought, okay, I'm warm, but at the same time, I look good. I wore my, instead of wearing flats or any other type of heels, I honestly wore a boot, like I wore boots, like my boots had heels, um, like a box heel. I wore a turtleneck yeah. and a, a dress. Like, yeah. And... I had an extra layer of jacket, right, just in case, because as you said, weather. So when I went out, I didn't have, like when we were now walking back to the car or we had to walk outside, I wasn't bothered about, oh, when I'm walking on the road, there's water here, I have to drink all of those things because I dressed for where I was going. So I'm very, I try to be realistic in that sense. I don't just jump on, oh, do this, do that, do this. Everybody is different, but I try yeah. to be realistic and yeah, because because yeah, it's 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 important to like be true to yourself, yeah. even when it comes to fashion. So I get I get that mindset. It's good to know, 
if you are not able to figure out that yourself, at least there are fashion stylists like yourself that you know you can that people can actually work with. Um, cool. So those are the two lessons that we've learned looking back. Yeah. And I know there are many more lessons. Like so, for you, essentially, is defining what your uh, what fashion styling means. Yeah. And so you're not conflicting with a fashion designer, a personal shopper, um, or yeah, a fashion yeah, blogger. Yeah. And then for me, it's basically it is a subject industry, yeah. And for me, it's basically like embracing different writing styles, working through the, those writing styles, and really taking out the 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 things that can help me from those different writing styles in my own preferred writing style. Um, yeah. Just really embracing that and exploring that. Um, I'm sure there will be many more lessons as you continue to grow in our careers and you know, over time we'll have these conversations where we can share them um, but at the end of the day we are grateful and we are thankful for these lessons and hopefully uh, these are things that will help us grow we are grateful for where we are yeah, we, are, this, uh, we definitely are and we are grateful for you listening to this episode um thank you very much for taking the time we hope you enjoy the episode we hope you enjoy um hearing our stories and our experiences thank you very much yeah thank you for tuning in um next week like i said we're going to have a guest i'm, I'm excited for that that's our first guest we're going to talk into their career journey and their inspiration their motivations and their, their process also what they've learned so far Please read the show uh, wherever you're listening. Uh, leave a review or share with a friend or both. Um, if you want to support the show, uh, that's honestly the best way to do that. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Have a great week. Yeah.